Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films from a leftist perspective. I'm Nick, and I'm Lewis. And uh, we broke the seal. We're past fifty. We're on episode fifty-one today. Yay! Yay! We broke the seventh seal. Mmm, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was good. I should have said that because <laughs> that's an appropriate um, response. Because today we're doing Hellboy. Yeah. The twenty nineteen Hellboy. Yep. The the redheaded uh, stepchild of the Hellboy movies. Yep, the red crowned uh, stepchild of uh, the red skinned, red fisted stepchild of the Hellboy movies. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so this one was released this year, twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Neil Marshall, who um, had a pretty promising like early career. Um, his first film, Dog Soldiers, is pretty good. It's fun. Right, and then he did those Descent movies. Uh, I think he only did the first one. I'm not even sure if there's other ones, but he did the Descent. That's the one where they they go cave diving and they meet, like, Neanderthal creatures, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, troglodytes. There there is a second one, but I don't know, like, his involvement on that. Yeah, he didn't Um, direct it, at least. Um, And then I think he did, like, that movie Centurion. Yes, that's what I was also going to ask you about. Mm -hmm. He did a a movie about Roman Centurion. Yep, Um, Yep. that might be one we do, because I think it was supposed to suck. Just conceptually, that is so fucking great for this show. (laughs) Like, the, the idea of, like... I don't know, like like Lone Survivor, but for a Roman centurion. Yeah, that, that's such dumb guy energy. Oh that's yeah, great. he seems he seems very dumb, um, and this is a testament to that. This film, <laughs> yeah, for I sure. Mean, this is the only movie of him I've seen. I, I didn't actually see The Descent, but um, it's fine. Um, it's fun, sure. but it's uh, yeah, it's really dumb. It tries to give like a backstory to the the women in the movie, and it's just like it's the dumbest stuff. Like one of them is like gets cheated on on her birthday or something. Like it's just like dumb yeah, shit like that. I heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I like the troglodytes though. That's pretty good. Yeah, those are cool. Um, but I kind of really dislike this movie. Um, as we'll get into, there are bits that are redeemable. It's it's like a good, I guess, Sunday afternoon if you have nothing else to watch movie, but it, I don't know, it, it really doesn't hold up. Um, I, I, however, think it's great. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, this, this is interesting. We're, we're in a new era of pro-con. We, we passed 50 and we're going to start disagreeing on every movie just, that we yeah, watch. Every single one, even if I don't have that opinion, I just can't hold the same opinion as you now. It's just, yeah, we're, we're both, we're going to, we're going to really inject the contrarian to proletarian yeah. contrarian here. We changed the bylaws um, of the show. So that's, that's it folks. Cause I think for like the the pre episode 51 episodes like we we've really agreed on everything we haven't really yeah for the most part we haven't really butted head to like butted heads too much no no uh i think you liked warcraft more than me sure i liked warcraft more than you um i think that's it yeah that's that's the big one for me at least (laughs) okay well uh with hellboy um starring david harbour as hellboy of course but also featuring uh, Mia Jovovich, Ian McShane, Sasha Lane, Daniel Day Kim, Stephen Graham, and Douglas Tate, and Thomas Hayden Church. Um, pretty pretty good cast yeah. all around. Yeah. Everyone was good. Um, I I don't think like everyone brought their A game, but like they're all good actors. There there was no one that was like I don't know like 
distractingly bad or anything. No, no. But I mean, given what they had to work with, I think it's just mm-hmm. it's a little unfortunate. Um, especially like Ian McShane. Yes. It's just like he's just he's just rolling with the punches. He just um, yeah. he knows he's gonna die in the movie. He's just like, give me that paycheck. Yeah, Ian, Ian McShane plays Hellboy's adoptive father, Trevor Trevor Broom. Um, and like it, it, it's just hack material. He, he's just like the the mentor figure who is fated to die. Yeah, yeah. Um, who 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 has a like quote unquote strained relationship with Hellboy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little more strained than John Hurt did um, in the first Hellboy. Like I think they were more of like a loving yes. father son dynamic, and this one is more like as if Hellboy's kind of a teenager, and uh, mm-hmm. Ian McShane For has sure. to like rein him in constantly. Yeah, com- comparisons to the Del Toro Hellboy movies are going to be unavoidable, um, just because they're they're so well known. I think, um, and and there was a fair amount of like fan backlash when this one was announced. Even mm-hmm. oh yeah, um, and I, I I remember when the 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 Daniel Day Kim character uh, Ben Daimo Di- Daimio Daimio he yeah Daimio when when he was first cast it was a white guy yeah some white actor yeah, that was right. that was that was announced for this for this like Japanese British character um but they they wised up and they actually i remember i I read this the actor and we should do some live research and find out who it is but because he dropped out of his own volition yes he 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 recommended that they hire an actor of um of asian descent to take the role um which was pretty pretty admirable yeah that's very woke of him uh i'm trying to Mm -hmm. find his name right now (laughs) okay i'll vamp for a little bit um, but yeah, so so like I was saying, the the comparisons uh, that I found Delta it already are unavoidable. Uh, <laughs> okay, go go for it. Ed Screen, sure. Um, uh, he was woke, in woke King. Ed Screen. He's in Game of Thrones. Uh, he's Dario Naharius. He's Wario. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, whatever. Good good job, dude. That that was a good call. But yeah, this movie was kind of a bomb. The budget was fifty million. It only made back forty four point six million. Um, tomato meter seventeen percent. Audience score fifty one percent. So keeping with our standard ratio of of lower critical reception, higher audience pr- reception. Right. Um, yeah. It's you know it's interesting though because Mike Mignola, who wrote the Hellboy books, like he wrote was Andra, Andrews Andrews. Yes, and draws right. Yeah, the artist. Um, he was heavily involved in the production of this film, like from the beginning. That's interesting because I, I knew he was pretty close with Del Toro. Mm-hmm. Um, him and him and Del Toro they collaborated on on those movies and like they got along. Yeah. So I'm just in in the studio kind of kind of like pulled the rug out from under Del Toro because like they the the third Del Toro Hellboy movie was like this kind of golden goose that they never never really got around to making right and, um, yeah it was supposed to be like universal monsters almost like it was supposed to be like uh like the wolf man yeah. frankenstein dracula but sure. I, i'm not sure he even wrote the screenplay I mean, i'm sure he wrote a treatment because i mean that's how we know about it and the second one ends on a cliffhanger right mm-hmm. yeah that uh that what's her name is pregnant right the uh hellboy's girlfriend that was created for the movies. right yeah she's <laughs> Actually, I I think the character is from the comics, Liz, but um, she is not romantically involved with Hellboy in the comics. Gotcha. She's just like another agent, right. but they adapted her for the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played by uh, Selma Blair. Yes. Yep, Selma Blair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so 
that that's interesting that um he was so involved with with this production yeah i, I would not have expected that i, I guess from the visuals that kind of makes sense Mm-hmm. some of the some of the visual stuff that i appreciated um and i think the closer adherence to the comics too and like sure. more of the comics you know whereas i think the first yeah. hellboy movie is like one specific comic basically mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. then i'm not even sure that the second hellboy guillermo del Toro hellboy movie is based off of the comics at all no that one that one feels more like a del toro idea yeah like the 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 whole twins the the royal twin subplot um, right the elves that yeah. that feels more del toro whereas this one it pulls from three separate arcs of the comic because mm-hmm. right. we, we have the 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 nimue which we have um the hellboy's destiny like him 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 being like the the descendant of king arthur spoiler alert and we have um like opening up the gates to hell it, it, it's like three separate stories all in one mm-hmm. yeah and i think even the opening uh, scene is from a specific book where he goes to mexico yes. yeah. yeah that makes sense so um so yeah what 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 do you dislike about this movie because I, I i have my my thoughts here but um let's let's start the battle on on this new era of Procon. <laughs> it's also a new era of Procon because <laughs> I forgot to uh, get a review for this movie. You know what? We don't need it. Okay. So so you you go into your loathsome content a little bit. I'll, I'll look up something really quick. Okay. How about that? Yeah. Just look up something. It doesn't need like just a few sentences. Not that it matters, but um, so what do I hate about this movie? Um, I think in general, like it's not very funny, but it tries to be yes it it ha- it carries that chip on its shoulder of like um trying to telegraph the jokes a lot trying to like yo he's he's a demon from hell but he's funny and he's relatable and and he he's just a guy it 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 really pushes that really hard and that's really off-putting yeah i think they tried to distinguish themselves from del toro you know i think they wanted to get away from like the more atmospheric um the more you know uh, slightly comedic you know these more comedic bits kind of peppered in with the del toro film and they just wanted to go very comic booky very loud very vibrant very violent um and and you know really lean into that more humorous aspect but um yeah, that's not he. No, no one involved is good at that. Unfortunately, like, I mean, Neil Marshall, like, he's not a comedy director. Like, he's just he's a horror director. He's an action horror director. So yeah, I did uh, just find like literally ten seconds ago. I found this bit from a review from the Rolling Stone by David Fear. Um, oh wow, so, it's not Peter Travers. Oh, no, nice. it's good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. A, a non-Peter Travers Rolling Stone Good. reviewer. I'll never um, use Peter Travers on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's name is literally David Fear. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's decent. Yeah, so Sophia writes, As with any great conflicted superhero slash slightly dormant intellectual property worth its salt, we have now been gifted with a Hellboy reboot. Whether we needed one or not is, as with most reboots, completely beside the point. It's here. Take it. And while fans may debate how well this new redo captures the tone of the books, we'd say close, but no joya, de, close, but no joya de Nicaragua cigar. This 2.0 version nails the sensation of watching the slightly off-brand pre-X-Men, pre-MCU comic book movies to a T. It's a dubious distinction, but a distinction nonetheless, and the one thing this questionable endeavor has going for it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of 
my that that crystallizes like my thoughts on it like we're living like in a post marvel cinematic universe world where like these comic book adaptations it's kind of down to a science like you're either doing the mcu formula or you're like specifically deviating from it right but this movie feels more retro than that Mm -hmm. yeah it's true no i was thinking throughout this whole movie um this kind of fantasy sci-fi 90s uh vibe uh Mm -hmm. the the original men in black movie like it has a lot of elements of that yes um but it just it can't pull it off that's its problem yeah uh i actually really like the original men in black for for two reasons um most of the dialogue by um by tommy lee jones is improvised really and Hmm. it's just like yeah it's just like rapid firing just like these little crazy old guy anecdotes that will smith is just like reacting perfectly to um and also the movie has like a very potent um immigration right political um under undercurrent to it uh it's those two things that save the movie that kind of elevate it beyond like genre schlock um it's it's loving genre schlock but it's just like okay we get it it's this is like this is an homage to like the 50s sci-fi like men in black type spook stories um but the the this movie is all that surface without any of that um, more substance, some the substantive stuff beneath it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, there's, they try to have um, sub substance with the kind of like humans are the real monsters theme, but, it, but that the Del Toro movies had the, right. had that might be better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like in every way. Um, and, and the humans aren't that monstrous in this movie. Like all, all the human characters are like decent, people mm-hmm. really the only ones maybe would be the osiris club but that's about it yeah but they die, they die yeah. and like yeah hellboy's father like he, he's a he's a shitty parent but like every parent is a shitty parent and like the 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 his human teammates like they're they're good people they're heroic they're good no it's true i mean even um so hellboy kind of um is more disillusioned with everybody once he learns his backstory but um, even his backstory has a happy ending. Like he doesn't like when they yeah. find him after the Nazis do their ritual. Like no one kills Baby Hellboy. They like adopt Baby Hellboy. So I don't even know like why he's pissed off about that. Just because his dad lied to him. Yeah, it. I get that they were going for like a younger, more adolescent and angsty Hellboy in this one. Um, but the it felt really fabricated. Yeah, like the all that angst and. Um, yeah, it, it didn't really gel. Um, Ron Perlman did, like, he, he's just a better actor than David oh, Harbour. Yeah. He's, like, he's a better Hellboy specifically, but also a better actor in general. And David Harbour, like, they're, we were talking about this the other day. Like, they're trying to make him a thing right now. Um, it, it feels like th- so many studios are really trying to present him as, like, th- like the next It guy. K- kind of like uh, Chris Pratt, almost. Yeah. They did a few years mm-hmm. ago. But I, I am not feeling it whatsoever no i'm not sold on it at all i mean basically every single season of stranger things he gets progressively worse like i mean he's fine in the first one just awful in the second one and even worse in the third one like he's an unbearable both character and in just in terms of his acting he's unbearable in Mm -hmm. the third film uh season he I don't think he's good here. He just yells. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. his Hellboy is just yelling and it, it felt like a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. 
Well, no, that's what um, he does in season three of Stranger Things too. It's he's mostly yeah. yelling and he's mostly just like being this like boorish asshole, and it's just yeah. it's it gets tiring. I will give him credit. It was one of the Academy Awards, I think, where he said like you should punch Nazis in the face. Nice. Okay. Do you remember that? Like, no, yeah, he I don't. he he accepted some award with the Stranger Things cast, and it's that meme where um. What's her face? What's the woman? Oh, on the show with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's like looking all around. Winona like, Ryder. Yeah. She's like looking around. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like that That meme came from this moment, but he said some. It, it was like right when Trump was elected. He's like, he's like, there are assholes in the government sometimes, and you just have to like fucking punch them in the face. Nice. So like good on him yeah. for doing that. But just is like, he doing it though? Like. Exactly. Is, is he doing it? He, he's, he's a Hollywood celebrity. Right. Like. And, and and just pick some better roles, dude. Like you, you, you should develop your range a bit more beyond like the beer drinking, lovable dad bod guy. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. Although, I mean, if we're going to compare him to Chris Pratt, at least he's not like in an evangelical, like cool oh person yeah, church. Fuck, like, fuck Chris Pratt. Chris <laughs> Pratt is uh, is a goddamn monster. He, Chris Pratt is Dan Dan Crenshaw with like a friendlier affect. Oh yeah, by far and away. Yeah. Like like that's my hot mm-hmm. take. Like Chris Pratt is on the level of Dan Crenshaw. He just knows to keep his mouth shut. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's even not good at keeping his mouth shut because like he talks about like his church and his beliefs, but he just keeps he, it at that like simmering level, you know, like a. Well, that, that that's yeah. my point. He he knows just how much to mm-hmm. broach that stuff. Yep. So like he he can he can virtue signal in like the classical sense of that term. But he keeps the really hot takes. Like, just he keeps them lidded. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie. <laughs> um, so a little bit of the plot of this movie. It involves uh, Nick had alluded to it earlier, King Arthur. Um, mm-hmm. We actually get a prologue, a black and white oh prologue with um, just some colors. Ever, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Just red, right? It's kind of like Schindler's List. Uh, yeah, they do. They do a Schindler's <laughs> List thing with with um, with our villain, our villain's cloak, Nimue's cloak. Yep. Her cloak is red yep. and that's it. And um, her blood as well. The blood. That's kind of it, I think. Yeah, that's really it. it it's, it's this agonizingly awful opening into like arthurian england where king arthur is hunting down nimue who who is the the lady of the lake uh that's the lady of the lake's name oh okay. um gotcha. in the actual mythology who the, the one who give in, in in yeah who gives excalibur to arthur um but in in this one she's kind of like retconned into being like a a sorcerer a powerful witch or sorceress right. the blood queen yes uh, she she is summoning demons from hell to take over Earth, but King Arthur, with Merlin's help, is able to defeat her and chop her up into different bits, and they bury her all over the Earth. Um, and so that kicks off the plot, but that, that opening is just so damn awkward and painful to watch. It has an agonizingly awful voiceover. The worst. It, I don't know how um, it got past this, like, the, the a first draft, I, honestly. Yeah, it, it it's like... It's like early Kevin Smith tier, like, yeah, we, we fucking cut her head off, like mixing nerd shit with like modern day slang right? in, in like in these like nerdy mythological allusions to like greater things, but then like, like, like making like a poop joke, <laughs> like, 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 like that, that's, that's the type of, of writing that was going on with this. It, it really set a bad tone for the entire movie. Oh yeah. And it's just the visuals are shit too. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's a poorly shot 
epil- uh, prologue. Like, it just... Yep. Not only the Schindler's List effect, but just, like, every shot is boring. It's poorly edited. I mean, yep. which, you know... It, it was edited really abruptly, and it really made me anxious. It, it had that Michael Bay editing, like, um, very fast. People were constantly talking cut off the scene at the end of their sentence really quick and then just get to the next one immediately don't let anything breathe it it really made me feel like like it really gave me anxiety watching this right and then that's outsized to the rest of the film as well honestly yes, yes. I mean, it yes. never gets better in terms of editing no and we can talk about some um, of the worst scenes the the, the scene yeah. with the giants is probably the worst edited scene in a film probably i've seen in quite some time yeah, so we, we jump forward to present day where Hellboy is on an undercover mission, well, kind of undercover mission to, like, retrieve an agent for the BPRD um, in Mexico. Yeah. And it's it's like a he, he just walks into this luchador arena and um, the agent is, like, just dominating the luchador matches and it's revealed that he is, like, a bat man like a man bat kind of yeah yeah he's a vampire but yeah he he looks like a man bat yeah um and that that was that that's like a cool setup and it it sounds really cool when i explain it like that but um it's just that editing and like that the the presentation of all these elements is so like machine gun quick in in like like unrelenting like there's no there's no time to like absorb the the setting of like this the seedy underworld Mexican like wrestling ring. It, we're just like thrown into it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like it at all. Yeah, and we you know we don't really know who this other agent is. We just get like a little no. bit of backstory. Hellboy's like, yeah, me and him, we used to drink beer, and uh, he'd play yeah. a, a, a an acoustic guitar, and I'd play a real guitar uh, uh, on yeah, his front exactly, porch, yeah. like. And it's just, it, you know, he just, he's, he's there to set up the whole Nimue thing. Like that's, that's really yes. it. Like that's his only function in this whole film. It's kind of like the, a classic example of like the cold open, like a lot of James Bond movies open like yeah. this, like another unrelated mission that, that doesn't really connect to the main plot, but it introduces the tone of the movie it introduces the the James Bond character. It in in many cases it, it introduces us to like the new actor playing James Bond, um, and like the new style of Bond that they're going for. Uh, and I think they were kind of trying to do a, a similar thing with this. Like, oh, here's a new character. Here's a new actor playing the character. Um, here's a new like style of Hellboy that we're going for. And it, it's like a completely it's like a, it's like a Z plot unrelated to the main actual movie. Um, it it just didn't work. No, it didn't. And, you know, unlike James Bond, there's no, like, cool title sequence. Like, right. There's, right. There's, um, there's no cool visuals in general. I mean, there's a few, but, like... <laughs> they, they, they try to do a few. <laughs> no, nothing really nothing in this... The, the prologue, nothing in this little, you know, uh, cold open, really. I mean, the, the man back guy looks fine. It's just, you know, this film had such a small budget and their CGI really... You know, suffers. It didn't work. No, we we did get one cool joke um, that I actually appreciated. Hellboy is just getting like shit faced after he accidentally kills this agent. Yes, and he's he's just like downing bottles of tequila at the bar, and then two agents come to collect him, and he's like, "Oh, how did you find me?" And they're like, "Oh, well, you know, Twitter. You're not like easy. You're you're not very <laughs> subtle. You're not like easy to hide." And that that was like a funny. 
that was the only like contemporary technology joke that was actually funny. Yeah. These agents are, are all just them. reply guys. Uh, yes, agents. Agents of BPRD are all reply guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because even the uh, the introduction of Hellboy is like an iPhone joke, or a joke oh involving an iPhone. They do it twice. If if he's a goddamn secret agent, why wouldn't they make him a communication device right. that he can use without destroying? <laughs> exactly. Come on. Yeah. Like like they, they they make him clothing that he can fit into. They make they give him a gun that he can right. use. Like yep. exactly. You would think they would give him a phone that he can touch without destroying it. Nope. Or did he just, that he doesn't even have to touch. Like we have yep. we have Bluetooth. Like we have we have headsets. We have headsets. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, so it's ridiculous. Yeah. So um, just briefly, like when we're introduced to him, um, it's like this crane shot that goes down into a, a, a car. Uh, you see the car window through the car window. There's an iPhone on the passenger seat, and then uh, you see it ring, and you see a, a, a giant red stone finger reach out and and hit the screen and break the screen. Um, and he does it later on as well with his normal hand too. He breaks the phone. Darn kids with their touch pads and their iPhones <laughs> and their Twitters and their Instagrams and everything. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Um, one thing I did like from the opening that doesn't really appear much in the other parts of the movie, but um, so the opening takes place in Mexico, so it's in Spanish. Um, there, there's a lot of subtitles going on when, when Hellboy's talking to the, the luchador agent that's, that's been turned into this demon. Um, all of the subtitles, they're, they're in, in like a, kind of like a italics font, like this really bold, striking italics font that was specific to the movie. Um, it was the same font they used for like, I think for the, for the intro, um, the opening, but they the placement of the subtitles it wasn't just ac- across the bottom of the screen like normal subtitles are um so like when th- there's like a shot where hellboy is in the left side of the screen and he's talking to the luchador on the right side of the screen and the luchador says something but the subtitles appear on the right side of the screen bunched up closer to the, to the luchador himself rather than just across the bottom and i think that's like a visually interesting way of manipulating those um those visual elements very much like a comic book would. And so like that potential is really cool. Um, I don't think they do it well in this movie, but the fact that they tried it is really, it it was exciting and like, Oh, like they're, they're using the visual medium of subtitles um, in like a dynamic way that, that kind of taps into those comic book roots that I appreciated. Yeah, but I don't think it was intentional because I think just a lot of subtitles now do that. Like on a lot of Blu-rays just do that. Like there's subtitles. Yes. Now, granted, like these subtitles would be in the film regardless if you have subtitles on or not. Yes. Because it's yes. translation. But I mean, exactly. a lot of subtitles, like when I watch a Blu-ray, they, that's just what they do in in dialogue scenes, especially if there's like two people in the shot. Okay, so because you're insane and you put subtitles on everything that you I watch. I do. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Like, so, like, let's say it's just, like, a Blu-ray release of, like, I don't know, some, some like, Normie movie. Like, um, what's something that came out recently that's, like, relatively normal? I don't know. I don't see, I don't see Normie films. <laughs> okay. So, like, okay. So, like, Avengers Endgame or something. Like, let's, let's, let's say you have, that. like, yeah. I, let's say you have, like, Iron Man and Captain America in the same shot talking to each other. And it's just like the the subtitles. Will they put the subtitles of Iron Man's dialogue underneath Iron Man and not underneath Captain America? Probably in the DVD or Blu-ray release, yes. 
so like the actual words and letters will be bunched up toward Iron Man's side of the screen. Yeah. Okay. That, that's I haven't really seen that, but it's I don't know. Like I'm I'm just kind of geeking out about like the possibilities of of using font as a visual aspect of the medium of film, especially um like like the possibilities that, that like that 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 can open up. Right. Yeah. Mr. Word Guy over here. Oh, Ooh, comic books are comic books are the synthesis of images and words. Sequential art. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. That's why we have to um, call it comic C O M I X, as Art Spiegelman says. Yes, that's legit. That yeah, that, that sounds kind of gimmicky, yeah. but that's actually legit. I like it. Yeah. It's not terrible. He's a cool dude. No, it's it's a yeah. Art Spiegelman, shout out. He's a he's a procon god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also says that we should punch Nazis. Yeah. Oh no, he's he's great. Um, Spiegelman's great. But what's not great is Hellboy 2019 because after the Luchador sequence, we go to, I think Norway is where their the secret base is. Colorado. Sure, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> they go to Colorado. They go to the BPRD um, headquarters, and Hellboy. We get some char- we get some attempted characterization where he he acts like a, a pissy teenager to his dad. Um, and they, they just talk about the case that they're working on, which is revealed to be a giant hunt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Hellboy is being farmed out to a secret society in Britain called the Osiris Club. Yep. The Osiris Club. Um, basically to be hired muscle on their 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 annual hunt for giants. Yep. Yeah. So he goes to uh, he goes to England. He meets the Osiris Club. Uh, they explain everything to him, and they're like. You know, normally we wouldn't need anybody else um, from outside of our order, but uh, it's three giants this time. We can handle one, we can handle two, but three is too much for us. Um, yeah. So, um, and we also learn that uh, Hellboy's dad, Trevor, had previously hunted with the Osiris Club. Um, yeah. And this is actually when we learn Hellboy's backstory as well, um, because there's the Seer character. Right. The, the... This is like the problem with world building. Like if, if your scope gets like we, we've alluded to this in, in, in our, our Procon episode um, about world building specifically, like when when your ambitions get too big for like the scope of your story, because like that that seer came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, OK, I guess this Osiris Club of like posh British gentlemen has like um, like a psychic on, on hand. To, to give exposition and um and that's really her only function i mean yeah she she literally acts that she's in that's it yep to give exposition and to give a literal play-by-play of like we we get a flashback into the past of hellboy's adoption mm-hmm. yeah so this actually kind of builds off of the first hellboy movie more or less yep um yep. Uh, they use uh rasputin to uh bring him back to the Nazis the Nazis yeah the Nazis use Rasputin to so Hellboy's yeah it's it's about Hellboy's origin story Mm -hmm. but I've never understood so like it's like the Rasputin um Rasputin I I don't know if he he was the one to summon to summon Hellboy but it's like the Rasputin like the one yeah like, like like in the in the comics I know the in the very first Hellboy comic which I did read the villain of that comic is is like the historical recipe. Okay, yeah, and he survived so he like until. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. 
he he's he's like a wizard who has like existed for like hundreds of years and he just like manifests in different incarnations basically right so the nazis because they're all into the occult uh they mm-hmm. hire him to to summon demons to help them win yeah the war. on this like small island somewhere in in like the baltic yes yeah, so i forget um, where um but we we get um lobster johnson yep who is another mike mcnola character um he he's like the archetypal two-fisted pulp hero like um I don't know, like the shadow or like the original like Batman when he first was was conceived, just like or, or Doc Johnson is another one I think from Doc from Savage. That era. Doc yeah. Savage, that's it. Yeah. Doc Savage, yeah. The Man of Bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. He's just like a, a Nazi punching all American like good old boy kind of thing. Yeah, and um, he's played by Thomas Hayden Church, and yeah. uh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty great. Like he doesn't do much except like just yell, shoot some guns, punch some Nazis, and like he burns them with like this like he calls it the lobster claw. The lobster claw, it's, like this little great. brand in yeah, one yeah. of his gloves. Um, but I, I I don't know. I appreciate it. I think it got um, that kind of uh, that pulp hero energy. Yeah, the the introduction of the sequence was really awkward with the whole seer, but um, the actual sequence was fun and captured the tone well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that one Nazi who had like kind of like three D goggles on. Like there was the yes, one red goggle, one uh, blue goggle, and they both had swastikas in them. <laughs> yes. Um. Who Who's that? Um. Lenny Lenny Reit Reitstahl. Oh yeah, director. Lenny Riefenstahl's in that scene as Riefenstahl, well. Yeah. She's in this scene because <laughs> yeah. she's the one like filming yeah. this this footage of the of the occult summoning thing. Yeah, I forgot. That's, um, fr- that's right. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um. But Nazi Nazis die and Nazis are branded, so it it's objectively good. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we we flash forward back to present day. And Hellboy's pissed off because he's like, "Oh, my father lied to me," and he has like this really fabricated, like fabricated, like identity crisis. Like, who am I? Am I was summoned by Nazis to be like a demon? What What is my life? And it felt really fabricated. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, in the first Hellboy, he doesn't really have that reaction, right? Does I don't think he cares. I don't remember. Oh God. It's, it's been a long time since I've seen those movies, but uh, he has a good relationship with his father throughout the movie, I think. Yeah. Um, Nazi, Rasputin's a villain in the first movie. Mm-hmm. He is. And the Nazis and, as and well. The Nazi techno, yeah, techno-like demons. The the guy that's like a ninja. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like, he's like a Nazi cyborg. Yep. And then there's like he's a, a villain. the commander nazi and like his right hand woman yep 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 yep. yeah i don't know i i forget a lot of that but like i it's different than this and there's no like fabricated like issues of identity that he he goes through in this one. right yeah exactly um yeah no it was it's really dumb um and then it really is kind of just like the the inciting incident for like his arc in this in the, for the rest of the film even you know yeah. like his 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 destiny and all that but i mean there's there's a better way to do it and it's the first hellboy movie <laughs> <laughs> basically um but yeah we we jump right into the giant hunt and um th- this was actually kind of it caught me by surprise from like a writing standpoint like a script standpoint um th- this is the part where 
the the Osiris Society, they go out on a hunt with Hellboy and they're ready to track down the giants and kill them. And everyone's getting ready, like, oh, we're close to the giants. Like, this looks like a good spot for an ambush for, for, for the giants to get us. And then they do ambush, but they ambush Hellboy. Right. The, yeah. the Osiris Society actually try to kill Hellboy and they almost succeed in doing yeah, so. Yeah, they stab him in the chest with these gigantic spears. Yeah, and they, they zap him with the electri- like the electrified spear tips. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they say that again tapping into that whole destiny thing. Um, Hellboy, he he is the herald of the apocalypse, and he he is going to usher in the apocalypse. Um, so they're, they're going to kill him before that can happen. Right. And they also say that um, they haven't aged, or they age slowly after. Um, after Hellboy's um, summoning from the you know the Hell Portal by the Nazis, they're like, right. "We aged slowly because we're supposed to kill you, basically. Like once we get rid For of sure. you, like that's you know that's our mission, and that's sure. why we look exactly the same as we did previously in that picture of uh, from you know sure. 1940 or whatever." Yeah, um, but fortunately, the giants come and they kill all of them. Mm-hmm. And then leaving Hellboy to fight the Giants in a very painful sequence. Yeah. It could have been great. Um, it could have been great. It could have been great, but it wasn't. <laughs> it just wasn't. Uh, the, the Giants, their design looks kind of cool. They looked like really feral. Yeah. Um, they had like bits of buildings like that were grown into their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have, um, um, yeah. They kind of augment themselves with uh, body modifications. Yeah. Like, like one, I, I think he had like like an anchor as an earring or something didn't one of them have like an anchor as a hand or something like that yes that was it yeah he he used an anchor as like a weapon like it's a part of his hand or something um one of them had like a windmill that he was holding It, it 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 was good it was good conceptually but just like it's this cgi sequence shot in broad daylight Mm -hmm. in an open empty field yeah and and they kick Hellboy around and like the camera zooms in to follow him. It just did not work whatsoever. No, really poorly edited. And I mean, like the giants are so cool, and we really don't get like a good look at them no. ever. Like no. any single Card- cardinal, one. S- cardinal sin of bad CGI. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they have no personalities. They're just like giant one, giant two, giant three. Hellboy steals one of their swords, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a giant sword, and he—it's like Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. He like it's too big for him to carry. Yeah, that's that's how he bests. I think the last two, like he chops a leg off of one, then he like cuts one's head down the middle, and it's very gory. This film is a lot gorier than the other Hellboy films. Um, yeah, which you know, um, it's Neil is, Marshall. It makes sense. His films are incredibly gory. So, but like it didn't. It didn't match the tone. No, like it adds nothing to the movie either. No, it, it's it's really out of place. Um, and a good example of that is like after after Hellboy he he collapses from exhaustion during his fight with the with the giants. Like um, some random people pick him up in a van. He passes out, and then he wakes up and he's in an apartment in London, like in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it's it, it, it's like what the hell is going on? And it's like we we're introduced to this new character. Um, that he apparently knew since they were both kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alice. Um, yeah, she is a she can commune with the dead. Yes, she can talk to to ghosts and like ide- like identify spirits and shit. And um, 
it's like this cutesy banter back and forth and it, it i don't know cutesy cutesy jokey banter like that immediately after like a brutal massacre of like giants it doesn't track no yeah completely out of nowhere um and an intercut with all of this all all of this action of like hellboy fighting the giants and and then meeting alice is um we were shown that Nimue is is being resurrected by Grugak, the the pig man, yeah. her 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 enforcer, um, and and like that's so frustrating too because we're we're shown in the introduction that she that Nimue is cut up into five different pieces and scattered over the globe, and when we meet her, when we meet Gru, Grugak, like reassembling her, he he already has all the pieces. Yeah. We only see him get like two of the pieces just like her head and that's it yeah her head and then the other piece in the osiris club but that's it yeah just um really rushed potential for like oh like like that could be the plot reassembling the witch but it wasn't and um i don't know mia Mia jovovich does like a good job as like this reassembled sorceress um and who who plays the the pig man the Grugak guy? Uh, Stephen Graham. S- Stephen Graham yeah. does the voice, mm-hmm. yeah. And Douglas Tate Douglas Tate was actually uncredited as the the body capture for the for the Grugak. Oh. Yeah, shout out to him. It's pretty good, good physicality. So yeah, Nimue is trying to, God, who knows? Like resurrect demon, like raise demons from hell and take yeah, just kind of Armageddon, the yeah. usual stuff. Yeah, that's kind of it. Um, and Grugak and, um, well, Baba Yaga tells Grugak about Nimue. Right. We're also introduced to the, the Russian, Russian folklore demon Baba Yaga. Yeah. Like early on and it's very confusing. Yeah. It's a very, um, darkly lit scene. We don't see her. We don't really see, uh, Grugak either. They're just, uh, more or less silhouetted. Um, and, and we're not really told who she is. No, we're not told who she is or her, who he is. Just that, like, Hellboy has slighted both of them. Um, they want to get revenge. And um, if he assembles Nimue, this is a, this is how they can get revenge on Hellboy. Right. It was a pretty good scene, though. Like, you know, I was like, ooh, this is intriguing. Um, but then Grugak is kind of, like, boring throughout the rest of this movie. But Bobby Yaga is cool. Yep. Baba Yaga is very cool, especially when she's reintroduced, when she meets Hellboy again later on. Um, but before we get there, back to Hellboy and Alice in her apartment, um, a bunch of BPRD agents burst into the apartment and try to attack them. Yeah, BPRD and M11, the um, yeah, the English version of the BPRD. Yes, and uh, it, it's like a very, very, very brief very contrived very pointless fight scene because nothing happens and there's no reason for it and there's no reason we needed them to kick in the the windows and kick down the door and have like 30 seconds of of fisticuffs just for them to to be friends at the end of it anyway there's like no reason for it 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 was the the dumbest thing in the world that really annoyed me (laughs) um no it was i mean any scene with like the, like the agents like the bprd or the m11 agents i don't know like they were just they didn't know what to do with them throughout this whole movie no, no. um but 
with the M11 team is uh, Hellboy's father and the, the final main character, Ben Daimyo, um, who, who's just like a top agent. And he's like, oh, he, he's he's your, your man that will take care of you while you're in Britain and he, he'll take you places and he'll be with you and he'll brief you and everything. Yeah. More or less um, his handler. Yeah, and he's just he's just a huge dick. He's just like an asshole yeah. to Hellboy. Yeah, they absolutely hate each other. Yeah, Danny um, Kim is great. Um, no, he he's he's one of the best actors in this yeah. movie for sure. Yeah, definitely. Is he actually British? I don't know. I don't think so. He I, I was doing some research. He's from uh, Hawaii. Huh. He did a good British accent. He did, and it was it was believable. Um, but yeah, just very contrived like animosity between him and Hellboy. Yeah. And again, it's just cramming too much in this movie. And you know, yes. it's like either you have Alice or you have Daimyo. I don't like I don't think you should have both of those characters in this movie. Yeah, I think you could have both if they actually interacted more than they did. Yeah. Um if if they actually if if their their characterization like had a point with each other. Yeah, um, I mean it's because it's similar to Selma Blair, Liz, and um, Abe Sapien. I mean, Abe Sapien. they have, all have different dynamics, of course, but it's that same kind of core trio. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it is it it's possible, but a tri- a trio's a fine group for a movie yeah, to focus yeah. on. Magic number three makes yeah. sense. Folklore, all that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, we have our main trio, and like I don't even know why Alice is going along with them. It's it's it, this, this movie fucking sucks. It's just really like why is Alice going with them on this ill-defined mission to examine the Osiris Club? Right. I don't know. There's no reason there for her to no go. Reason. She she's she's a civilian. She she can't really fight. And like, well, we she don't know likes that Hellboy. at that moment, but she can fight later. Uh, but she doesn't know it either. No, right, exactly. No one knows. So, like, like why yeah. would she go into a dangerous situation <laughs> with, like, th- there's no reward. There's no, like, compelling reason. Like, she likes Hellboy, but, like, he can fight and heal and stuff. Like, he doesn't, sh- she wouldn't do anything for him in, like, a combat situation. Like, it it was just, th- there's no reason for her to go along other than, like, they needed her to be there. Right, exactly. They need her for those, the two scenes in which she does her, uh, her ability weird ability where so i actually like the ability though um it is the cool. visual it is cool although the cgi sucks just like basically all the cgi in this movie um right yeah so she as we said she can communicate with spirits um and the dead what she can do is she can i guess like call them forth in almost like a seance mm-hmm. but instead of like you know this disembodied voice talking um her insides come out of her mouth yes they float like like and they take the form guts come out and they take the form of the person who she's summoning and the way that her guts were like rendered was super comic booky which is really cool Mm mm-hmm um, it it just wasn't appropriate for like the full lighting of the scenes, like it like it, if if those scenes were lit differently or if, if just like I don't know they added some effect to kind of obscure it a little bit it would have looked a lot more striking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean especially like when 
the her guts like take the form of the person and like you just have like the actor's head on top of like this yeah, weird oh mass uh, and then like yes. they, they like have spindly limbs whereas like the actual you know actors don't look like that um their bodies no. like don't it, match up at all very awkward um in in this the first time this happens is when everyone goes like when when ben hellboy and alice go back to the the osiris club to just interrogate the people who tried to kill hellboy but everyone's dead and so to find out what happened um alice possesses and, and does the seance thing with the seer from before because she died recently and her ghost is still around mm. And um, the the actress's face and torso appear on this like rendered mass of guts, and it looks so awkward. If the face wasn't like so photorealistic, I think they could like maybe get away with yes. it. I don't know. Yeah, it looks awful, and it only exists to give us more exposition. Um, it's a cool ability for the character to have, but like script wise, they they could have added more mystery or added more like I don't know like mood to to the to the presentation of like a seance like that right. instead of just like straight up exposition also i think this movie just should be animated like yeah just should be an animated yeah, yeah. movie um they and they did a movie an animated movie of um a mike mignola another character he did um the amazing screw on head yeah mm-hmm. well they did two animated hellboy movies as well yeah for Cartoon network yeah and yeah. one was the blood queen actually in this character i I actually kind of want to see those now. Um, they're also insanely the violent. Um, I think they're like TV MA, maybe even. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah, boobs and blood. That's all. That's all I'm about. <laughs> no, I. I think like legitimately. I, I think they were released at least maybe on Adult Swim or. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, probably. Definitely not a prime time slot. But they're they're better than this movie. Hellboy just fits an animated medium better Mm -hmm. i think um his his whole design kind of calls for that kind of calls for a more cartoony movement and a more cartoony like presentation in general and i think they were going for the more cartoony in terms of like how they made up david harbour here even you know even down to like his arm his arm i think is even more cartoony the red right hand is more cartoony than the than the, the del toro version like i think del toro is going for more realism um more of his like kind of signature atmospheric uh look and feel uh, a certain like vintage but like this film was trying for the comic booky but relied a little just too much on the cgi what happens after they go to the osiris club they go to they go to um they i have no idea actually they go i really to, can't remember what happens next. god damn it this this movie is really fucking forgettable like does it, does it, do they meet merlin now they dig up merlin and the re- the reason they dig up merlin is because there there's way too much in this movie oh yeah they they regroup at the bprd headquarters in london and the m11 headquarters in london m11 headquarters in london <laughs> yes um, and then they are doing research, trying to find where Nimue is going to go. And this is when Hellboy meets Baba Yaga. Right. Yes. Because while Ben, Alice, and Hellboy's dad are doing research, actually while Ben is purchasing a Hellboy killing bullet <laughs> from right. a magic 
armorer in London in Alice and Hellboy's editor and research to find Nimue. Hellboy is magically sucked into Baba Yaga's realm and he meets with her. Mm-hmm. And this part is super cool because yeah. like he's on the elevator, he's trying to go up, but the elevator starts going down and he gets pissed off. He keeps hitting the, the up button, up button, up button, but the elevator keeps going down. And then when it lands in the bottom, it's just like this, like this, this realm of like mist and like fog. And he's, he falls out of the elevator and then he sees um, Bobby Yaga's house on the chicken legs, yeah. which is super cool. And he goes inside, and um, and he sees Keanu Reeves, yeah, <laughs> John Wick, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. He does. Um, Bobby Yaga is like this creepy, almost like golem, goblin type thing, yeah. like crawling on. She's like stilt legs or just like little peg legs, wooden peg legs. Yeah, and she's twisting around every which way yeah, like contortionist triple 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 contortion contorting her spine and everything yeah um and she makes a deal with hellboy she'll give him information as to where nimue is if he gives her one of her eyes right, he because shot he shot out get, one of her eyes or something yeah exactly um and he's like yeah sure and then she tells him and she's about to pluck out his eye he's like ah but you didn't say when i'll give it to you after i'm dead right which is super cool because that's like the, that was very like mythological. That was like um, it felt like like an archetypal trickster tricking the devil basically, and into getting into having your cake and eating it too, and getting away with your with with your life and your fortune at the same time. Very um, very good, very good little like trick that he pulled. Yeah, I mean it's easily the best scene in the movie, um, but it's also just this weird aside um which i appreciate but yes. at the same time i don't know it's just like it deserves to be in a better movie for sure um i mean but i mean that's what this podcast is about finding those good things in these crappy movies oh shit fuck yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm i'm winning right now uh, all you audience at home for keep, everyone keeping track um yeah, it it it's a good it's the best sequence of the film, very appropriately atmospheric and everything, and um, comes out of nowhere, but like in a magical way that doesn't make sense. It's like this entity beyond space and time imposing its its design upon our universe, mm-hmm. um, and Hellboy just like manages to get through by his own his own wits, which is really cool. Yeah, and it adds to like the vignette the vignette quality of this movie yes um yes and i actually wish like they leaned more into like the vignette quality um instead mm-hmm. of actually having this overarching or they could have the overarching theme of like his destiny um because i think that really ties it all together if they had each vignette about grugak finding a new body part of nimue and like they they travel him around the globe right. trying to stop him or something like like if that if there was like a cohesive story keeping these vignettes together but separate vignettes that would have been very comic booky and very cool yeah definitely but it I don't know we're we're just like led along by the nose to these like disparate plot beats that you don't really get a sense of like where they're coming from or, or where they're going mm-hmm. and not in a fun mystery way just like in a like I don't know what's going on kind yeah of way. exactly. 
No, I mean what they could have done is not not it, not even just like Grugak getting every single piece, but we are introduced to maybe like a new secondary or tertiary antagonist who is tasked to get a piece of Nimue. So one could be Grugak, um, like in that monk scene, like um, when yes. we're introduced to him, he like yeah. kills a bunch of monks and he gets uh, Nimue's head. Uh, that scene could have been more of like a fight between him and Hellboy, but he bests yep. Hellboy and he gets Nimue's head anyway. He massacres all the monks. Um, or he, he summons another creature who Hellboy beats, but just barely manages to, but Grugak gets away with the, the body right. part or something. Um, and, and then the next one could have been like their Nimue's arm or something is in Baba Yaga's like other dimension. Um, and Baba Yaga's trying to find it. So so after Baba Yaga, Hellboy, Alice, and Ben go to stop Nimue at Pendleton Hill. And they fight zombies on the way up. And they stop her from summoning the demons. But in doing so, Alice is poisoned by a dart. And in order to heal Alice, one of... This is so shoehorned and this is so out of nowhere. And there's, this is so clumsy from a script writing perspective but one of Nimue's old witch, like one of her old witch sisters from her old coven who had betrayed her back in the King Arthur vignette um, tells Hellboy, like, I don't agree with my sister. You should take Alice to to Merlin to heal her. her." Mm -hmm. Right. And they go find Merlin, like the the actual Merlin from like the King Arthur times. And he heals her wound, her poison wound. Right. Yeah. And then he's like, Hey, BT Dubs, um, your mom is a descendant of Arthur. Uh, mm-hmm. She oh my God. <laughs> she, she loved uh, doing it with this one demon dude who looks like a goat. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he brought her down to hell. She had you. Um, and then you can usher in the apocalypse. Anyway, you're King Arthur's heir. And here's Excalibur. You should take it. And... Hellboy doesn't take it because he receives a vision that shows that if he takes Excalibur, he'll he will usher in the apocalypse. Right. Yeah. He rides a pretty dope looking dragon. Um It's pretty cool. It's it's like the most metal thing in the world. Yeah. Hellboy riding a dragon, slaughtering millions of people with a flaming yeah, sword. Flaming sword, he has a fire crown and his his horns are grown out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah. what's, what's the thing's name with, with his actual name? Uh, Anung Um Rama. Yeah. That's his, his birth name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Nimue goes and she, she's whole again. Cause, cause Grugak had put her, had sewn her back together and she abducts Hellboy's father. The fates and help actually, uh, the fates like from right, Greek mythology, the they sew her yes. back together. <laughs> they sew her back together. Grugak had, Grugak had brought her body parts all together while the fates had yeah. sewn her back together. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, she basically raises hell on earth. She summons a shit ton of demons in London. And this part was kind of cool. Yeah. It was totally inconsistent with most of the other movie, but like she summons these demons and they are terrifying. They really are. There's like one, uh, there's one that has like big long spike limbs and it just like pierces innocent people with its spike limbs. Like while other people are like screaming in pain higher up on the limbs and it's just like spearing more people. Yeah. It has like three people, 
her like spike foot basically yeah uh, and, and they're like still alive violent. while they're like yeah uh, you know pierced through um then there's the one who has like the sword arm and he's like cutting people in half and shit yeah there, there's one that has it's, that's like its whole body is made up of like mouths yeah and it's just like devouring people mm-hmm. like grabbing people and throwing them into its mouths it's it's horrifying it's shit it's it's like something out of like warhammer 40k yeah very very creepy very eerie um but just kind of out of nowhere <laughs> just mm-hmm. like okay we're, we're going this hardcore in this movie i guess like i guess we're we're at this level right now yeah no i mean again in a better movie um been really awesome i mean it was still awesome like if you just take it out of the context of this film and uh let it be on its own uh, it's it's pretty cool there was one really cool demon it it was like a like colossal it was like really really tall and it was walking through the thames river and it just had like psychic powers and it was like crushing buildings as it walked oh, through the yeah, river that was cool that, yeah that was really there cool. was the one who was like his like his body parts weren't connected like they were kind of connected like psychically or telepathically right yeah and it was like a like had like flames inside of it and it was like these arms or something arms on the outside they weren't connected to the rest of its body its body was just like a ring of flames more or less and it had like feet but nothing was connected like super biblical in that sense like very like it's something straight out of like the book of revelation yeah it was pretty dope um well this is when we get um a little twist on uh ben daimio's character um previously he had mentioned something to alice about like he was in like nicaragua or somewhere in south america on a mission to fight some jaguar or something that was killing people in this town um this jaguar killed everybody in his unit except him he has actually a giant scar on his face because of said jaguar um and he keeps like stabbing himself with some kind of serum every time he gets angry in this scene however um when nimue or no grugak um well, th- this is when they're fighting yeah. Grugak at St. Paul's Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, St. Paul's. They're fighting Grugak in St. Paul's Cathedral. Final showdown. Uh, Grugak like um, hits a column over, and it, it pins Daimyo to the floor. Um, he's about to use his little serum again because he's super angry, but he's like, "Nope, I just got to let it happen this time." Uh, and he he turns into a were jaguar. Yep. He, which is cool. Like he's like a were a were beast, and he he helps Hellboy. Um, they team up on Grugak because yeah. Grugak, Grugak is like empowered. He's he's like extra strong because Nimue empowered him. Unfortunately, they still can't beat him, but Nimue shows up and she destroys him herself because she's annoyed with him. Yeah, she turns him essentially little again. Um, she just shrinks him down and then he just explodes. Yeah, he pops. He's like a little he's a little homunculus and he just pops away. Um. But this sets up the confrontation between Hellboy and Nimue, and she wants him to be her like her consort, right? Uh, she wants she wants to rule the world with him, uh, and she reveals Excalibur beneath Saint Paul's Cathedral, um, because that's where its true resting place is. And she's like, "Take the sword, and I I won't kill your father." Because she brings out his, his his she brings him out, and he's like tied up and everything. 
Uh, she's like, take the sword, take over the world with me, and you, your father can live. Um, but Hellboy refuses, and then his father's killed. She just slits his throat, and he's like, oh, fuck. And he takes the sword. He becomes uh, Anurama, you know, his destiny, um, mm-hmm. bringer of Armageddon. Um, and again, he looks pretty cool. Um, there's a shot mm-hmm. where, um, so, you know, Nimue... Um, she broke the floor of St. Paul, St. Paul's Cathedral, St. Mm-hmm. Paul's Cathedral. Um, and um, it, it's kind of like a ramp, like the floor is a ramp into the lower right. uh, section where it's actually like King Arthur's crypt, like King Arthur's, it, he's there on a throne. Uh, his his bones are there on a throne. Um, so we don't really see Hellboy change, but um, he takes the sword and then it's from the perspective of the the first floor of St. Paul's Cathedral looking at the hole in the ground and like Hellboy just kind of raises up on on that uh ramp and uh you know he's in his his full glory uh, the horns the crown the flaming sword um his face changes a little bit too a little more monstrous um this is a kind of cool shot yeah, it's it's dope and like the fact that this demon is rising from the depths of this cathedral is pretty pretty badass. It's yeah. it's it's like what Hellboy is runs on. Like this is kind of like classic vintage metal imagery. Um so yeah, Hellboy he overcomes his temptation and he cuts off Nimue's head and then he sends her back to hell. It's really tied up really neatly and kind of like okay, good. That was that. Yeah. And then all the demons go are sucked back to hell when she's gone. What does he do with the sword? I forget. I don't know. I th- like he cuts off her head, and I think he just like he just drops he just it. Drop, he just and leaves it, land- it there. <laughs> well, well, he he drops it in a cool way. Like it like it lands point first in the ground, but like that's it. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. odd. I guess the BPRD acquisitions it or something. Who knows? They must. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> yeah, and then everyone's like, "Oh, we're friends," and Hellboy has a. He has, like, oh, we forgot to mention, like, Alice, the reason Hellboy overcomes his temptation is because Alice summons his the ghost of his father. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And then he convinces him to be a good hero and blah, 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 blah. And Hellboy gets to say goodbye to his dad, and then his dad dies for real. And then Hellboy, Ben, and Alice are all friends, and it's all a big happy ever after, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, um, they go to Russia... And they break into a secret mm-hmm. lab, and there's this really terrible, uh, like, tracking shot, just one single it's shot really of them just awkward. running it's through really this awkward. laboratory, like, killing people. Uh, Daimyo it's turns so into bad. his jaguar form, and you just barely mm-hmm. see him because they don't have the money for the CGI. Um, Correct. And then <laughs> uh, they they find a, a cylindrical container and they uh and she and alice is like what is uh ichthyo sapien and then it's Abe sapien. it's Abe sapien you see his webbed hand uh hit the glass yes L- lewis just held up his hand to his webcam um so i could see it <laughs> on on my skype call here. i'm an italian i just be going to my hands <laughs> exactly i'm sapien he's italian <laughs> I'll be a sapien. fish man like all italians <laughs> um so yeah that's hellboy it, it's really less than the sum of its yeah. parts oh and then we get lobster johnson uh mid credit scene yeah uh, yep. hellboy's at his dad's grave and then 
Lobster Johnson comes and says some dumb shit, and then we also see that Lobster Johnson's a ghost because he walks through Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I missed that part, but I'm reading about it on Wikipedia right now. Oh, it's totally useless. Uh, which also tells yeah. me, apparently there's a post-credit sequence where Baba Yaga um, enlists the aid of an unseen force to seek out Hellboy with the promise of allowing him to finally die. Oh. Hmm. So some sequel bait there. Yeah, that will never uh, happen. It will not get made. No, it won't. <laughs> Good. Um, workers of note, we have a number of people here that we'd like to focus on. Yeah, so we have um, two individuals who designed the titles of this film. Um, Matt Curtis and Luciano Vittori Jr. Um, the uh, the main title sequence... Um, and just the the main title of the film um, is cool. It's it's actually pretty much like what Mike Mignola draws. I mean, it's just like it's the BPRD logo in the O, and then it's the very like metal esque font. Right. Um, but it looks cool. And then actually, I I appreciate like the really bulky titles that came up throughout the film when they went to a different location. Yeah, it was like gigantic, gigantic bold uh, font just across the entire yeah. screen. Basically. I appreciate that. It's kind of com- pretty comic yeah. booky. So mm-hmm. kudos neat. these guys for that. Um, we have a number of uncredited uh, cast or crew members here. Um, we have Cindy Harlow for makeup coordinator, uh, Robert Smithson, contact lens technician and makeup test, um, Greta Velikova, makeup artist, Christian Dimitriov, a uh, concept artist. Uh, all of four of those people are uncredited and they um, they worked on the visual effects, specifically like makeup and contact lenses even more specifically. Um, all of which was, was some of the best stuff in the movie. Yeah. The visual effects are at their best when they are practical in this movie. The majority of Hellboy yes. is practical. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think his hand is practical, though. I don't think the red right hand is practical at all throughout this yeah, movie. I, it's I, too big. Yeah, I don't know. That was, that was tough to tell. Uh, Grugak himself, for the most part, he... Uh, at his worst, he looked like a, like a high, high-end Power Rangers yeah, villain. Yeah. But like in, in some sequences, he looked really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, but we don't really get to see him much in his in nope. that form in the the practical effects form because anytime nope. he talks, it's the CGI head on a CGI body. Like it's not even the prosthetic and practical effect body. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I don't know. A lot of things they could have done better, but like. One of the things they could have done better easily was to feature more of those practical effects. Um, I mean, the the Ron Perlman effects were all were, it, that was all makeup, and he did right. like four hours of makeup a day to right. get it. So, and then even uh, Samuel, the the monster in the first Hellboy, yeah, the the guy with the the tendrils yeah. on his back, super cool, like mm-hmm. just a guy in a costume, more or less. Yep. Um, I actually wish like Grugak didn't talk. Like maybe he just like make like a pig squealing noises, and they could have done more of the subtitles you liked so much um, right. instead of like or, having him talk and having to animate his mouth. Yes, or ha- just have him talk without moving the mouth. I think I think that can be like an effective technique 
with like a magic creature like yeah. that. Right, like also you can just fucking move the mouth. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's 2019. You can do it. Yeah. Like you can you, like just, just do, do it. it. Just yeah. put, you know, r- like robotics and shit in his, in a puppet head. Like, yeah, they I did it know. for labyrinth. That was like what? 30 years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I guess closing thoughts, um, for our broke recommendation here um i'm gonna pick i guess just like weirdo fans of mythology that's kind of a gimme but like with this movie we kind of needed a gimme at least for this recommendation (laughs) section um but specifically like fans of mythological representation of 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 these different creatures and and concept like settings and concepts um i'm thinking more specifically like like thonian imagery like um ancient cannibalistic blood right demons or something like like the demons that that Nimue summons at the end or people like Baba Yaga um or or even Grugak to a degree some of the some of his sequences in Baba Yaga's house were pretty mm. cool and he's like supposed to be a fairy um, right yeah he's supposed to be a fairy in like the traditional pagan sense of fairy right. like these things will steal your baby and impersonate your mm. baby forever right. yeah the which is terrifying very much the um like the celtic like fairies they're almost like more of a mafia mm-hmm. you know like they uh we're we have enough italian representation on the show we don't <laughs> need to we don't need to make fairies italian either um our woke recommendation is uh failed children with delusions of grandeur um this film has a textual and metatextual um examples uh, of of such uh the textual being hellboy's arc um he uh you know destiny all that shit and then the metatextual of um uh neil marshall uh, uh trying to be yes. a, a good director uh which he is is really not hellboy is destined to be the heir of king arthur but like also the heir that of like hell that will bring ap- the apocalypse to earth um, but he doesn't really achieve either one. Same with Neil Marshall. He wants to be the the next Hellboy director, and he wants to also be like this visionary auteur. But it's not really happening. Mm. Not in this lifetime, Neil Marshall. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and for our bespoke recommendation, this this is a real spicy one. I'm gonna leave it to you. Um, our bespoke recommendation is uh, for everybody out there who thinks Del Toro is overrated. Actually, Basically, watch this yeah. movie um, if you just want to stick it to Guillermo del Toro. Um, <laughs> hot take, his last three films have been utter shit. Yep. Um, maybe his last five. Uh, Shape Water's awful, Crimson Peak sucks, Pacific Rim is definitely the worst, Hellboy 2, fairly unwatchable. I mean, it's better than this movie, of course. Mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth, I think, is overrated. Uh, Hellboy and Blade are good. I, and I haven't seen his like earlier stuff. Blade two specifically, not oh, yeah, Blade. Blade, right? Blade two. Yeah, he. Um, uh, we we've hit on this before, but like we, I don't dislike him, but I wouldn't rewatch any of his movies. I I I don't think I could rewatch or revisit any of them. Just like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll watch another Death Horror movie, but like, Hellboy one and Hellboy two are better than this one, but that's more an indictment of this movie than they are praising Hellboy one and two. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I forgot that Shape of Water won Best Picture. It did. That's incredible. Um, I haven't seen it, but it looks awful. It, it looks is not awful. Good. Maybe we should do like an anti Shape of Water <laughs> review. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, it really is the classic sense of like virtue signaling. Signaling yep. this movie, yep. like it's yep. like deaf lady, gay guy, monster, a feet Russian scientist, black lady. Like it's just and isn't yeah. Like doesn't the 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 woman she like is she she like does things for like these minorities like like the the black lady and like the the gay guy and like she she's friends with them yeah yeah and she's the like vil- she's best friends with both of them yeah um, like she hangs out with the gay guy all the time and like they go to the a pie place together and like she encourages him to like um ask out like the the waiter at the pie place yeah it's like oh go go live your go live your best life like gay man in the 50s like that's possible like i don't know yeah just yeah what it's not possible actually because the guy's a homophobe um the the guy who works at the pie place but um no it's just it's awful it's it's really it's quite reactionary um especially the racial politics i mean there's a scene in this movie it has one of the um, the worst like stereotypes about like black men that I've seen right. in in quite some time. I mean, it's 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 truly awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just fuck Yamato Toro. Yeah, uh, and on that wonderful note, <laughs> we'll leave we'll leave uh, this episode um, be, and we'll continue on bravely ahead into our new era of Procon. Yep. Um, Please come back next week. Uh, we promise uh, you will be in for uh, quite a treat, a oh boy. Uh, holiday-inspired treat at that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, we, we have a good one, a good final episode to 2019. Um, it'll, 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 it'll be a merry, a merry occasion. Yes, the Yuletide will be. The Yuletide is is coming in. Coming in. <laughs> And bring in our destiny with it. <laughs> we'll see you next time, folks. See you then. Can this be him? The one I have waited centuries to see? How strange. So far from his path that I barely see the promise of glory. Can this be him? This hell boy?